previously on Facing Off. I just had a great fucking time. But there's so many moments that I'm like, what the fuck? It just sort of drags and it's not, you know, I know I'm not like alone in thinking this. I'm alone in this room, perhaps, but not in the world. I hated this show. Like, a lot. This is what, like, (laughs) makes me so mad. I had so much fun. And that's not a good way to open a show. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Make my day. Everybody on good. All right, let's take let's uh let's quickly do eye candy. This is just we're keeping yeah. this in here because we talk about this in uh when we do our movies. Do but fast. let's talk about the visual elements. I'll I'll just very quickly kick us off with Rings of Power. I think that Rings of Power is extraordinary visually, and I was expecting it to be really bad, especially from the trailers. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still a massive hater of CGI. So for anyone that was worried that I switched sides to pro CGI, computers be warned. So worried. But even a scene that was ridiculed online, which is when Galadriel and the other elves fight the snow troll in the first episode, I thought it didn't look that bad. It looked like a monster, which, like, we don't have a fucking snow troll in real life, so it's got to be CGI. And then I actually love the way that they play around with space, like, yeah. like the spatial awareness of the CGI cameras, because it's all, almost all CGI, is fucking cool. It's a cool <laughs> battle. And people are forgetting that... There are moments that we fucking love where Legolas runs up the fucking trunk of a giant mammoth elephant type and thing. And he's like a foot apart from it in the CGI. It's like so he's not even away. connected like the CGI to is bad. <laughs> the, when they fight the octopus or whatever, the, or the squid thing, like that oh, doesn't look yeah. good. No, and I know doesn't. at the time it did. But like that. you have to <laughs> suspend disbelief a little bit and accept it. And I didn't think that any CGI was that bad in this. And in fact, a lot of times it was remarkable. The The way that they visualize the mines and the and Numenor and... I mean, I, I guess those are the only ones that you really need to have, but all the magic that the stranger has is fucking fantastic. And... They spent Amazon spent way too much money on this show, like the a horrifying amount on every episode. <laughs> but guess what? It paid off because Marvel fucking spends all their money on it, and Marvel is floundering to bring that word back right now, CGI wise. So I'm actually going to give it a six in terms of television and eye candy. Yeah, I mean, if you're comparing it to television, I'll, I'll agree that it's a six. Like, there's not a whole lot that. Like in rings, if there's going to be like a part of rings of power that I was like, yeah, baby, that excels. It's definitely how it looks. Yeah. 150%. There's nothing to complain about. I don't think it's, it would almost be, uh, I mean, for TV, it's like a seven. Yeah. I mean, I watched, and I am very sorry to admit this. I watched black Adam. That's a bad, there's a bad situation. 
This is <laughs> that is bad. It looks bad. That is. Didn't bad. think that Black Adam was going to make an appearance in this episode. No, I didn't either. Yeah, we started talking about Marvel, and I was like, you know what? It's almost almost worse. Yeah. Uh, those are movies. Those are big budget movies. Like this is a TV show. No TV show looks like this. I'm going to give it a seven. Screw mm. it. I think that there's still it. like the fake quality of it, like the the lighting and stuff still bothers me. Whereas like the movies, I think are are phenomenal i mean they won cinematography awards for it so like and i do like the realism a little bit in house of the dragon more so that's kind of where i'm at with the six but because dragons are real <laughs> go ahead Layla. it could be if they're, if they're their bones could have been so light that they didn't fossilize oh yeah saw this in a clip on about joe on the it's joe so Rogan true show. so it must be true Layla, oh uh, what do you think about Rings of Power visually? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a seven. I think okay. it's like, aside from it just being well done and stunning and all of the above, like this is like, this is what fantasy people should be like cheering for. Like this is like, this is the truest of fantasy worlds. Like everything about this world just feels like, it. At, like you said at the beginning, immersive. Like I am living in middle earth when i'm watching this show and it is and i and the lighting i get what you mean but to a certain extent like so much of lord of the rings is about light and dark and it's like referenced over and over and over again in the story itself that like it feels okay to me like that like immense like light and and good and all of the above that's like and I'm assuming as we get into the show, dark is going to become a bigger like contrast to that light. Um, and even with like the episode where the ash is everywhere, like, oh my God, like it is just yeah. so meticulously That's, well yeah. done and cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, There's a lot of I, reveals that are done visually that are really cool too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, even the just like are so cool. Yeah. The nitty gritty of it, like the costuming, like all of it. It's just like, it's so. I I I think it's just absolutely stunning. So I think it's a seven. Like if that if that if the visuals hadn't been as incredible as they were, I don't even know if like I would have felt as powerfully about how like in the show I was every time. Like I think the visuals are a huge, huge, huge part of that. So it's a seven for TV. Hands and down. what do you think about House of the Dragon visuals? <laughs> Jeez, I, I hate the visuals in this show. I don't know I don't, why don't they can't why. seem to correct. They're lighting like it is painfully upsetting to me. And like, even if there are cool shots, the fact that they could not correct their lighting in this after all of the fucking shit they got at the in the last season of Game of Thrones feels like a fuck you to all of the fans again. Like, I don't it's the it's obviously the episode where they're walking on the beach. I don't know if it's that one and the one after it, but like. I was so upset I had to turn the TV off because I, I straight up for like 10 minutes couldn't see it what was happening. Bad. I straight yeah. up could not see what was happening. You have to adjust happening. your TV, by the way. I'm not adjusting my TV because you can't fucking put your like lighting well, together well on all, a TV show. You better have your TV on filmmaker mode and turned off motion smoothing or fucking uh, Tom Cruise is going to come and beat the shit out of you. <laughs> come at it's me, like, Tom Cruise, please. It's like reverse Santa Definitely Claus. turn off m- motion smoothing. This is a PSA. But PSA continue. From games. Yes, I agree. That scene was very difficult to just watch. Well, it's just it's just upsetting. Like I, I aside from like it being a bad aesthetic, like I straight up 
was sitting there like I every light it was pitch black every light in my apartment was off and I still could not see what was happening and I'm mm-hmm. and I I mean obviously I saw it all over the internet the next day too like people were genuinely like what the fuck like why it does not need to be this dark like it's just okay so like that's obviously a very upsetting thing to me I think like <laughs> I like the visualization of the dragons I think that they did Which a good job favorite? Favorite dragon, three, two, one. Caraxes. Strax. Which one's, wait, which one's the blood worm? Which one's the blood worm? What's Damon's dragons? Yeah, Caraxes. <laughs> um, I think they're great. I think they're like, they're beautiful creatures and they did a good job of making them feel like something you cared about in the show um, and making them feel like characters because of the visualization of them. So I think that's really fun. Um, otherwise... I think it's pretty subpar as far as like prestige TV filming, but I'm sure mm. Gabe has something to say about that. So I'm going to go with, <laughs> I'm going to go with a Jeez, dude. five, maybe four. Yeah, five? I no, I'm actually going to give it a five as well, just because I think it is, this is the only thing from Game of Thrones I think is like the smoothest uh, extension and transition. Like it does look a lot like Game of Thrones and I think there are moments that are pretty cool. Like, for instance, I really like all the moments on the bridge outside uh, Dragonstone, um, especially with, like, the fog rolling in. And I think that, like, just the way they film Matt Smith as Damon is so <laughs> good. Like, the moment when Specifically he's just... His but, like, I think of the moment where he gets the letter from his brother that his brother's finally going to bring troops or whatever to fight the mm-hmm. fucking crab feeder in the triarchy or whatever. Uh, and he's just, like, exhausted. But, that like, the way that they, like, slow reveal that he's just going to beat the shit out of the messenger and then just, like, go into that place, it's really cool. And I think that whole battle sequence, while it's insanely dumb that no arrow person could have like hit or a bowman could have hit him uh archer archer that's right but there are bowmans too right i mean yeah um none of the archers could hit him it looks fucking cool i also agree with you layla i am like as a hater of cgi by the way i'm a hater of cgi um I've always loved what Game of Thrones does with the dragons. I think it's remarkable, and I actually think, like, a lot of times they make a monster look so fucking real, even up close, that I find it very impressive, and they're playing around with this. I would say the negatives of this, of of House of the Dragon as opposed to Game of Thrones is just, like, and I know they'll get to it, there's just not a lot of, like, cool locations, you know, they're only on like three different places and it just seems like a cheaper season, even though I, I'm sure they paid more than they did for <laughs> Game of Thrones. Wasn't cheap. <laughs> like the Stormlands was cool, but it was like also just, just like kidding. it's dark. All CGI rain. rain. Although Vagar in the distance is very cool. Shot. Very cool. I mean, I thought like the way that they did the lightning was very cool. Very in that Jurassic scene. Park. There are like moments that are kind of cool. Like I think before that nighttime scene when they're at the beach and they're just like all on that terrace or whatever, uh, even though that's like by far my least favorite part of the entire season it's is when so they're all looking long. at each other. It's so fucking <laughs> Why long. Why is it so long? Um, I do think the way it's shot is is good. So I, I'm going to put it, I think, it, I still think that HBO 
is the best at making these kind of like big budget things. So like Amazon is doing well with, with this, but I haven't really seen it otherwise. So I'm going to give it a five out of seven. I gave it a six. The only critique is that it's too dark in some scenes and it takes away from a lot of what's happening. And some of the coolest scenes on TV in the last year are part of the show, mm-hmm. I think, and most talked about. And um, all the dragons look really cool. And my favorite's not Cyrax, it's Maylee's. Oh, uh, Rainey's. Yeah, that's, the, that's a pimp dragon. That is that a pimp dragon. Pimp. But then when you look at the scale of how big the dragons are, I thought it was the biggest dragon. It's like nothing compared She's to like Vagar. She's third. Vagar's ridiculous. She is third, but yeah, like Vagar's ridiculously. Vagar's big. a fat boy. Well, then, like, another thing is, like, they actually fucked that up girl. the scale of, of the dragons in Game of Thrones that we saw. They're supposed to be way smaller. So, like, Drogon looks fucking huge, but Drogon would be like essentially Cyrax. the size of like smaller, smaller no, smaller than Arax or whatever. Smaller than Arax? Yeah, no, no. they're those, yes. Because because they didn't have yes. a, they didn't have as much it's time like a fun to house dragon didn't dude. have as much time to grow and uh, I guess Drogon could have been a little bit bigger. That's like Cyrax size. Don't let's get out of here, let's talk That's about like actoring. Of- let's talk about actoring. <laughs> actoring is where we talk about the performances and the writing and directing of those performances. Um, and so, but let's like focus on a few characters that we like from each and. Uh, and, and, and this is where we could talk about like the casting issues. We are. Um, I don't think we got to. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to. Nick, like, why don't you start us off this. with House of the Dragon? I think that. Like, who are your high characters, low characters? I mean, Matt's. It's just okay. Let's not let's not talk about the casting thing because it ruins this a lot. Like, it is such a problem. It is just such a problem. It's such a big, huge, fat problem. So so fat, Vagar fat. Matt Smith Vagar's is incredible. Millie Alcock is incredible. Emma Darcy, I hope Wait, they, I hope they get to breathe. Who's Millie Alcock? Young, younger Rainer. Rainer. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, uh, Olivia Clark is. Uh, they're all cook. In c- cook. cook. Did I say Clark? Cook. Yeah. Let Olivia Clark cook. Cook. I'm getting. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of. Yeah. Anyways. They are, Amelia. yeah, they're all really, really good actors, actresses. They all have a lot of room to breathe with these characters in the future. Matt Smith, apparently for this entire season, even though everyone else ages, he doesn't seem to maybe a tiny yeah, bit. He, a tiny His hair bit, gets yes. longer. Uh, so that's cool. It's demeanor that really uh, Patty Constantine is a huge. Constantine. What? Oh my it's God. It's <laughs> Just keep going. I'm not into that. No way. That's not it. I think <laughs> I think that, that he's a, a huge standout. Mass Miss a standout. I don't think anyone is doing a bad... Uh, I can't remember the auto, ty- auto high time. Reese Ifans. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking dope. And they're, they're all so doing things. really, really good stuff. Like, no one I think Xenophilius is... love good. No one I think is doing anything bad necessarily i think that the critique is the writing of these characters and and that they just don't have enough room to breathe and hopefully they do in the future i would imagine with multiple seasons in the future and i'm assuming they're just focusing on this targaryen story they will and that's awesome it's just a weird season um so like just focusing on actoring alone i'm gonna give it a six 
almost 6.5, if you just take out the fact that there's like so many problems with how much they're allowing these characters to breathe. Yeah. The actors are putting forth a performance. The writing of the characters does not allow it to be anything close to perfect. Um, so I give it a six. I'm going to give it a six. Layla? Layla's going to give it like a two. No, I won't give it a two. I'm, I just... I, I, <laughs> I'll give I'm it gonna, a one. No, I'm going to give it a five. I just... Okay. I feel like a six was like very generous. But I... I also, uh, this is like I feel like this is the only category we can talk about this. I feel like we have to talk about Sir Christian Cole and his character because like Oh my god. What a little dude. bitch. Like I He's just so good at that face though. He's such a little fucking bitch. And it his is shriek. So hard to watch his character in this show. Yeah. And like they took it so the writers took it so far. Like literally this guy slept with her once and was like you need to abandon everything for me. And then when she didn't, he was like, I'm going to fucking kill this bitch. Like, he. I'm going like, to kill anyone <laughs> and commit treason and do whatever the fuck this one other woman says that I may or may not be. Out of spite, like pure spite. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. it's not even loyalty. It's just he's like driven by his hatred of Rhaenyra. It's insane. Total incel soy boy cock. And the fact that the fact that's this like this is another or like the fact that his character gets so much screen time and gets so much like yeah. space in this show when there are just such better conversations to be had like again what it is, is happening? It's nice that they made the incel soy boy the <laughs> biggest antagonist in the show, like the most hateable <laughs> character. Because like, uh, um, uh, okay, so really, I mean, even anyways. Otto Hightower, like that man schemes. I'm yeah. down with that. But yeah. 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 He's a good character. Yeah. He, I mean, he's like, he is what like should be the standard, right? Like we should be seeing those types of conversations and okay. things like that. But so I'm, I'm giving it a five actually pretty much solely for um, Olivia, for Allison, like adult Allison. Um, I think the cool. nuance she brings to that character is like so powerful and really well done. And um she just like she puts in such a great performance with such little like content like in every scene yeah. i feel like she's you're watching a lot of emotions go through her face you're seeing the turmoil that she's going through in her facial expressions in yeah. trying to hold her family together care for the king like the genuine care you see in the way that she portrays mm -hmm. her love for the king very moving very beautiful she carries the show for me if you take her out of it like adult rainera emma like fine i mean it's not it's not anything like her performance in the the stillbirth incredible like there's no doubt about it it's an incredible scene but across the board they are pretty whatever to me um young rhaenyra loved it's, is that millie is that millie? her name yeah she's very loved very her she was like a firecracker she brought so much like fun emotion to those first couple of episodes for me like if you again, if you take her out of those first couple of episodes, I would not have cared about what was happening at all. I think I, I read that a really big reason that they moved away from the flashbacks is because of how good she and her counterpart in Young Allison were in, in those roles. Yeah, I mean they 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 did a great job. Um, so yeah, I mean for those performances, I absolutely will give it a five. But the writing itself, like, there just wasn't good character writing. So yeah. 
I so there are four characters that are in almost the entire season because there's no like big age difference that I think really hold up the show just by like virtue of the fact that they needed to be in all of it. And we already talked about Reese Iphens and uh, Matt Smith, who I think this show fucking sucks without Matt Smith. And I oh my think God. it's a really it, good turn for his It's character. so funny that he's like all of a sudden such a big deal because of this I know, show. Because he's he like existed docu- for so many of us so for long so long. Like, yeah, he's in <laughs> like, English TV. Morbius. Yeah, oh yeah, he, that's, the that's the one. He's the one who says No, I mean, he was like, an, uh, like <laughs> so a very, very prolific... Um, TV actor for like English shows and uh, and I'm and I think he's done stage acting as well. And like, he was Matt so Smith incredible in The Crown. He's he's like as far as well, like, like his Doctor like Doctor Who is the thing. Like, I know, but like if we're even just Doctor. talking about like prestige TV okay, and stuff, right? Talking, no, I know. I agree. I agree with you. And I actually think he does this like there's a version of Damon that is so similar to Prince. Which one is he? Oh, he's Charles Jimmy. Uh, he just passed. Is it Edward? No. Yeah, something like that. Um, But no, there's such a similarity between that and like Damon. But Damon is so fucking cool at the same time. And he was never cool. Um, But like, so I think that. And then Patty Considine. I don't think Patty Considine is always amazing in it. Philip, that's right. I don't think Patty Considine is always amazing in it. But I think that he... That one episode, he's so fucking good under yeah, so much prosthesis and like CGI, yeah. he fucking kills it. Um, and then the last one for me is uh, Eve Best uh, as Princess Rainey's is yeah. is really really good, and she's like a, such an important type of character to have in this show. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, I personally don't like Emma Darcy as Rhaenyra. Like I agree, they're pretty whatever. Yeah, I agree with Nick that they like handle emotions really well, and there's a different dynamic there. I just think that they are so fucking wildly different than what we get from Millie Alcock that it just doesn't work for me. They feel like different women, <laughs> totally different women. And I kind of have that issue with how they make Allison over time just like also the opposite of what she was. But I think that there's a little bit more of a you can understand why someone who was raised by Otto Hightower and was basically left alone with this king and and you know has issues with this the, her one friend, her one trusted source lying to her repeatedly and then abandoning her like i get that and i think that that's why olivia cook's performance works for me and i just for one thing fucking love olivia cook and i love that olivia cook is able to use her normal english accent in a lot of things lately she's very good in slow horses as well um but I just, Emma Darcy just doesn't do it for me, and the kids don't really do it for me. I think that you have something great with Steve Toussaint as as Corliss, but you don't get a lot of him, and I think that's uh, tragic. I think some of the small council members are not that great. I kind of like the Tywin and, uh, not Tywin, but the, the, the two Lannister kids. It's like Kevin and something else. Uh, I think that guy's doing well, and I think the Eric's are fine or whatever, but like, I just don't, 
There's not a lot that brings this up that much. So I will say it's a five because I think there are these emotional moments, but I'm like pretty fucking close to a four um, for actoring. Actoring on Rings of Power, on the other hand, um, this is interesting because I don't think there's that many names. There's... I could probably, there's like maybe like two or three people that have been, that are in it that I would recognize outside of it. The King of the Dwarves is a really fucking fantastic actor um, who I'm blanking on right now. So I'm a piece of crap. I know it. Um, And I also, like the guy who's the head of the Harfoots um, is a pretty prolific Mm -hmm. actor. I think he's actually like if I'm talking about like even the the name guys like I he's like kind of my least favorite part of everything with the Harfoots. I just think they could have made him wackier and less mean. Or if they were going to make him mean, make him like the mayor of Whoville type mean, you know? Like this like full of himself person, but instead we get this like wacky, you know, dreamer get the who mayor ends of up Whoville. And Black Adam showing up in the same so wild. episode. Hey, dude, it's almost Christmas time. Um, but the skies are strange. Uh, I think everyone, I, like, I, don't, I can't even really go into it, but I think everyone is just decent in Rings of Power without anyone being a standout, except for Prince Durin, I think is like very funny, but also like carries his emotional weight. And him and his wife's interactions are great. I think the guy playing Elrond is really good at what he's doing, but he also just has to have a smirky face. It's also wild that he is playing Elrond, and he, a young Elrond, and he previously played a young Ned Stark. Um, so like this guy's just fucking nailing the young, the young fantasy legends. Um, I think Galadriel kills it. I don't think she's like amazing at what she's doing. I think she just nails her role. Uh, How do you think you pronounce that actor's name? Actress's name? Actress name? Ah, uh, dude, I don't even want to, I don't even want to Julie and I it. looked it up. It's a whole thing. Yeah. What is it? It's wild. I can't even remember. Dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, she's fine. I think, uh, I really, really like, um, the guy who plays Arndir. I think that I, there's a lot of moments with him that like, I just, I get his character. Um, well, you, you can really see the other side of what an elf is like. And I also think the guy who was, um, Ned's brother who plays Adar or Adon or whatever is, is pretty good. But I actually think I'm going to give Lord of the Rings and Rings of Power a four. And this is uh, just by this is just because we call that average or neutral. And I'm neutral on the actoring. No one brings it down. No one blows my mind. You gave it a what? A four. Out of seven. What, one of you guys jump in. I think Layla was pissed at that. So I'm Layla's not pissed in. at that. I just think that's interesting because I, I'm going to go with a five for both, but I'm going to go with a five because I think in a show with this many characters and that relies so heavily on ensemble because of how much all of these storylines are going to intersect and come together. I kind of like that no one supersedes each other. Like I like that they all just put in very good performances and there's no one that I can point out right now that I'm like, I didn't like that performance. I think everyone does what they're supposed to do. 
And that's my favorite thing about ensemble casts. Like when they all play their role and no one is like overarching. Um, So I think that that's really powerful because I think that in a show like this where there's so many different types of storylines, some slower, some more emotional, some more action-packed, etc. It could be really easy to be like, I only really want to get to that arc like I only want to get to those storylines because I think those are better than the others because of whatever it is right the the actual writing or the characters or the acting but I like that with the acting here and the writing of the characters no one person is like more important and like no acting is like taking over the show um and I think everyone does a really good job at what they're supposed to do I think the emotions are there for everybody I like I loved the chemistry between Galadriel and uh, Halbrand. And I love that that became such a phenomenon on the internet. Like this like enemies to lover storyline that no one knew that they needed. But somehow these two just had such incredible chemistry with each other. And I loved all of their scenes. They felt very electric to me. And I loved that. I also think Galadriel and the like head of the Navy or whatever there. Uh, the father yeah, of... Yeah, totally. Of, uh, why Isildur's am I blanking? dad. Yeah, Sildor's dad. Yeah, Sildor. Um, <laughs> totally. Yeah, I, th- I thought they had. I mean, I think she's just kind of great. I like, do really like yeah. her. I think that she's doing a great, great job, and I think she brings a lot of like depth to Galadriel's character and her history. And she does a really good job of balancing like that darkness and that kind of hatred, but also you sense like a goodness in her and, and a desire to do the right thing and fight for what is right. Um, she reminds me of Jean Erso from uh, Rogue One. The, mm-hmm. it's a rebellion i rebel <laughs> like she plays both of those parts like the the rebellions are built on hope but also the like re- i rebel parts of things like we're like i think galadriel's like fuck fuck the high elf high high king elf like i don't care about this you guys are wrong sauron <laughs> is here i'm yeah. going to fucking find him and then also plays the person that you want, like, that will bring up Halbrand and, like, tell him, look, this is your, like, destiny. Yeah. Because you tricked me into thinking that. Yeah. It's a it's a very well-rounded character. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with a five. But I do think it's interesting that, you know, in the sense where you were like, everyone does a good job, but, like, it's nothing, like, super special. I kind of, I think that really works for it, I guess, is, like, why I'm putting it at a five. Because that specific part really works for me. Morpheth Clark. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Morpheth Clark. 
It's more also, fit. A D I think my microphone like was slightly fit. unplugged when I just talked about Galadriel, but fuck it. It's all right. We'll figure it out. Yeah. She's a standout. I think um, I do not know the actor's name that plays the, the character's name that I also just forgot. Arndir? Yes. Yeah, him. His name is like Ismail. Fantastic. He's my favorite actor in, in like the performance he's able to give. It is, it's an ensemble cast. It's hard to like... There's not like anything that's happening that's wrong to me that anyone's putting forward, but um, you know I think there's a, I think both the shows have like a have a to me have like a breathing problem. We don't get to like breathe with too much too many of these characters just yet, with the exception of like weirdly like Elrond gets like quite a bit of character development. Um, I'll also I'll go with four point five and split the difference. I, I do want to quickly say, because I forgot to mention her, especially with Arndir, because I really like the scenes with them oh, yeah, together. Nazanin uh, Boniati, uh, who plays... Iran. Yeah, yeah, Persian actress who plays uh, Bronwyn, which is... Her and her son have the only, like, straight-up human names in <laughs> Lord of the Rings, because, like, I knew a Bronwyn Stone from my high school, and Theo is obviously a popular name, but... Um, she is really good in it, and she was fucking great in Homeland uh, before mm-hmm. uh, Homeland. Sucked. Oh crap! Yeah, yeah, she's wow. really she's a great actress, and I think that like oh, wow, she does all the scenes with Theo and then R and Deer, but then also when she's like the only one who can like pep wow. up the the village, I would say she's a highlight of it. But I'm sticking with that. Yes, four. very wow. I also want to acknowledge Nori as well because I do think that like yeah, she's good. She's she's like. Again, it's like there's like such an importance to certain parts of characters, right? And the earnestness that she portrays is like so vital to the Harfoots, but also so vital to that part of the storyline and what it's going to mean later on. And like, mm-hmm. it's just so genuine. Like, it feels so genuine. And when she's yeah, like, true. when she's processing these things in herself, and like when you talk about breathing for characters, she had a lot in hers, right? Like, she really mm. grew and like figured herself out and what she needed and what she wanted and who she wanted to be throughout that storyline and it comes together so nicely when she finally says goodbye to everybody and goes off on her adventure like it feels like it came full circle for her and that's like really nice so she does a good I think job Poppy too. was great too like yeah. I just like the di- both of them together really works yeah. and I think that brings in that like immersive feel uh let's finish these uh shows off let's talk about and I'm going to confuse everyone with this, and mm-hmm. it's just a, a play on words for us. But let's talk about Succession. Let's t- we're basically talking about legacy, and we're not talking about the great show that is Succession, which we will eventually talk about. Uh, but we're talking about how this, how these shows leave you, and what you want to see more of, and your overall thoughts of this of the seasons, and also like these are two of the most hyped shows, especially Rings of Power. Um, what was the reality? Like, did it meet your expectations? So, Layla, since you were probably the most excited, <laughs> and I could go as the second most excited, and Nick isn't at all, uh, not <laughs> uh, for Rings of Power, uh, how did it meet I'm your numb. expectations? What are your overall thoughts for its succession? Um, the Lord of the Rings. Well, what's so exciting about Rings of Power is I was terrified for this TV show. Like, I was really, really scared. I was so skeptical. I, like, had set my bar so unbelievably low. (laughs) I, like, I, 
I had no expectations. There was no world in which this show was going to impress me when I went into it. And especially with those trailers, dude. Yeah, me and I mean, you were I, like I kind very of, negative on those trailers. Initially, yeah, they got a lot better, but like yeah, I, true. I was just like, I'm so blown away by how I ended up feeling about this show. I, I enjoyed the crap out of it. I think that like, even legacy wise, there's gonna there was so much conversation around this show, like so 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 much conversation around this show, like it. It started a lot of debates. I think it's going to continue to start a lot of debates about this world and what it means and what content. I think in general, it started a big conversation around like creating further content in worlds like fantasy worlds that do exist. And um, I'm sure we'll talk about Andor and like Star Wars and stuff like that. But like these types of shows that are just built in worlds, fantasy worlds that we love. Um, So I think this is like going to change the game for a lot of fantasy world building type tv shows um i i'm gonna give its legacy a seven simply because of it's succession it's succession (laughs) um but also because like tying back to i'm not gonna go over it again but tying back to what i said earlier about how this show took very little information and built something entirely new off of it like that in itself is very like original and i think that that's gonna like spearhead a lot more projects that look like this um and i think it like accomplished it very very well so i'm gonna go with the seven uh nick i don't know can you explain why we renamed this one just because I didn't want it to just be like legacy because well, we it's a like new thing. it just I came out it. so the like legacy doesn't really work. I want to say like is it a successful extension and like does it succeed? Yeah. Based on your <laughs> hype for the show. <laughs> Dude, they're all made up things. <laughs> I just think like I was trying to think of like I know, that's why how we do we how do we like rate times. TV shows because I think we I the my expectations for a TV show and what is good about it is totally different than what I'm expecting in a I'm movie. I'm saying it's a bad idea. I'm just want to know the what to. Fuck? I want to know what to give it. <laughs> I think that are, is there an element of like what we think the rest of this is going to be, or did we already talk about that in worthiness? No, this is this too. It's like I we I was going to ask because a question that's at the end, what I'm like along. most focused on because I don't think I think that Rings of Power is a better first, <laughs> like a significantly better. I feel like first season of a show. I don't like either I, – I think I like the Game of Thrones world more. It's because I've read more and, like, learned more about it and wasn't, like, the hugest fan of the Lord of the Rings movies, although I did read the first book and watch those three movies and read The Hobbit, which is, like, probably a top ten favorite book. Uh, I just, like, don't know hey, – You should read more. <laughs> you literally – you <laughs> mother – I think that – that there's so I have some questions about what they're going to do with the rest of this long yeah. show and there's what that will be. What Layla? I mean, there's so much to be done. Like it's yeah. what's, what's so interesting too is like, and obviously anyone who listened to this is like, if if you don't like spoilers of like theories of what could happen, stop listening for two seconds. But like, I don't, um, <laughs> the headphones off. My favorite, my favorite theory about the show is that we're watching timelines overlap with each other and that the Harfoot timeline 
us presuming that that's Gandalf, he's technically from a different age than we're seeing with Galadriel. So like there, there, like there's a whole other age to come and things to happen. And if they do it with those timelines, you get to see all of that playing out. Like there's just, there's so many different (laughs) things that they could do um, that I'm really, and I'm, even more excited after seeing how they successfully created all of these storylines off of very little. I'm even more excited to see what they're able to create like on their own with what we do have and what we do know about the ages to come. Right. Like this is all just creative work. So like that's exciting to me. Are there any theories about that being Radagast the Brown who I just really wanted to name drop? You mean him? The, the one that dropped being Radagast? Yeah. No. <laughs> Aww. Dude, but I do. But it could be. But I do I really want to see the blue wizards too. Like though, like that's like within the timeline. Like there's the so blizzards much. as we call them. Um, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. No, <laughs> I. We. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I think that there's a lot of room to do a lot of good, and there's also a lot of room to not. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know what to, I don't know what to expect from the show. I don't really I, I don't really I know. know. I think that's fair. I actually am weirdly comfortable with whatever they're going to do and I actually don't think there's a lot of room for them to fuck it up. Um mm-hmm. because where Game of Thrones really yeah, f- uh, I mean, I guess there could because every show that lasts like 5 seasons, I would say 70% of shows that go beyond three seasons are failures. I don't Probably. know if that's actually I mean, accurate, but like if you think they got of four the, or five with this one and they already know that they're going to do that many, but that scares me. what will, what could work with this Just don't is, and I think there's another show that was talking about this. Like the fact that they know where the show is, go- they already know the ending to it. They've already said, we know the ending to this. We know where the show is going to go. Like, the in-between, there's a lot of room for error. And it will still be an immersive fantasy that I'm not as worried. Whereas, like, and a lot of it is we haven't seen them outside of the Hobbit movies, which were bad for very specific reasons. We haven't seen them fuck this up. Whereas we have seen, I know it's different writers, but we've seen where Game of Thrones can be fucking bad. If George R. R. Martin leaves House of the Dragon at any point, like that show could end up sucking. We already have Miguel Sapochnik leaving, um, leaving the show when he was one of the like chief uh, showrunners, but he's still producing it. It's not like any negative thing. I think he just wants to do other things, but. With Rings of Power, I'm like, they nailed it with the first season for me. I don't think it was like the best show of the year. It's nowhere close to it for me. But actually, it is close to it. I, I think it's, <laughs> it's like, like an incredible show. <laughs> I'm just saying like if I'm going to – I just have like – I'm not as into fantasy as I am into like Better for Call sure. Saul and Barry sure. and stuff. But um, I think that they nailed it. And that's all they needed to do because there was nothing to build off of. House of the Dragon had to prove to us that like Game of Thrones could still be done and not fucked up. Yeah. And it was so recent that they did that. Even the Lord of the Rings movies are a while ago. Even the Hobbit movies are a while ago. Yeah. 
And I think they nailed it. And I had pretty low expectations and I didn't know anyone going in and I was worried with all that CGI. And I think that there's so much room for where they could go with it, even though we know the ultimate end of Lord of the Rings, um, that I'm, I'm excited. And I think that they laid it out perfectly without rushing us like House of the Dragon did and without, um, uh, without trying to get to the action. Like, nothing about Lord of the Rings or Rings of Power was, like, forcing us to get to the point where we know who Sauron is and that where Mordor is. I think all of it was taking its time, and I think that's actually ultimately your problem with the show is that it took its fucking sweet old time, and you don't know necessarily if it was that I worth think all of your time. I disagree completely. I think the whole season is, like, which one's Sauron? Well, I agree, but is that the number one thing driving the entire show? No, because then you, uh, like, the whole Adar or Adon, is it Adon or Adar? Adar. 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 Yeah, the whole Adar thing is an interesting side part of Lord of the Rings. And everything with man and how man falls, essentially, um, before it has to rise back up with Aragorn is fascinating. The you the focus is not on elves in Lord of the Rings, the like the original trilogy. You get the elves, but it, there's they're not a central focus of it. And I think that they are doing that really well. We get a redemption on dwarves, which we didn't get uh, well in the Hobbit. Um, well, it's, it, it brings next. in the like. It also br- brings in a lot of the like political parts of these different species and how they coexist with each other. Like the relationship yeah. between mm-hmm. Elrond and Durin is like a great plot line and storyline. I love yeah, that storyline. And totally it's agree. very well executed. And it again, like not canon, but it like brings together so much of what we know about elves and dwarves. And it like is such a smart way to create a storyline that helps us better understand the rift between them and what's to come. Like it's, they do such a good job of like helping us understand the world, the bits of the world we didn't get to dive into at all in Lord of the Rings, because in Lord of the Rings, we're focusing solely on this mission. <laughs> totally agree. And I think in terms of like excitement for what's to come, I'm, I'm pretty excited um, for Rings of Power. And I was just so pleasantly surprised by the show. So I'm going to give it a six, and I think I'm going to give House of the Dragon a five. And I am, I'm more excited for what's to come for House of the Dragon. And I was not straight up disappointed by the season. I just think that they, Game of Thrones felt like it was back in certain moments, but as a whole... I think that they made these choices that really like hurt the show and it's left me with a bitter taste in my tongue where the more I think about the gaps and stuff and the more I think about the casting and all that, like the worse the show gets in my mind and the more <laughs> mad I am at that first season. So I do think with Nick, like I don't think it's that it was effective in not being as ass as season eight of Game of Thrones. <laughs> But it was not effective hey, at like getting us not to a whole a, lot of places to go, but up. Yeah, there's it, it didn't, but it didn't ever bring me back to the high points of 
like season two through four of Game I of mean, Thrones. I mean, what are they just, the only way they can mess it up is to just be like, oh, and then the, oh, remember when all those dragons fought? I think they, they just they could easily do that. <laughs> if they did that, I mean, but that is a, that is like a monumental <laughs> failure type move to be, to do something that stupid. I didn't think it built up enough. <laughs> For me to but now, I kind of think not anticipate that it's going to fall apart. <laughs> Remember it when has Vagar a lot of fought Caraxes? That was so fucking. Yeah, I'm Dude, sure that's all the, we get again. Season. Remember when he again. was dual wielding Caraxes and Vermithor, <laughs> and he was just singing in High Valyrian? That was so crazy. But again, I want a full good season. I don't want sick moments because Game of Thrones, at its best, was a good show. Season three and season four do not have that many low points. They have slow points, but that's building a world. And I just think House of the Dragon needs to give me a full fucking season of a good show. Yeah, I mean the thing that the, the thing that made Game of Thrones magical is that not a single moment was wasted. Not a single moment was wasted. Every conversation, every for a interaction, while. every for a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Those moments, yeah. those seasons that were like what yeah. made Game of Thrones a phenomenon, right? Like it, it was so well like executed and utilized. And my concern about season two is that yes, they have the content now, like this, the stuff, the action. But like from what I've seen in this season, I just don't trust these writers to do it justice. That's my concern right now. Yeah. So right now I'm at like, I'm going to give it a four because like it exists in the lexicon and people are talking about it and it's important. But like, I still just don't think that like what we got needed to be made at all and it wasn't executed well. And if season two is also not executed well, then it will never have mattered. <laughs> like even if the first season was meant to get to season two, if season two fails, it just never mattered. <laughs> I will say by the metrics, House of the Dragon slightly was more popular and more effective. Um, and that's just the power of Game of Thrones as a TV show. Whereas like um, the difference is with Lord of the Rings, you get a lot of like fans that are going to like tank this um, because they're like, no, not my Lord of the Rings. Don't fuck that up. But because yeah, Game I'm of Thrones sure. like kind of was like, we want to go back to when it was so fun to watch it. People are like, gonna watch a lot more house of the dragon and like it more because it's not bad um i think that's where the big differences are but i across the board they're actually almost as popular like lord of the rings while i don't know a lot of people that watch it and in fact more people that i talk to are like you like it i heard it's so bad and i'm just like Fuck the internet god damn i know i have everyone everyone i know in my life that's like an avid fantasy lover and or like my friends that are obsessed with Lord of the Rings really enjoyed the show. But then I do anyone that like I talk to that hasn't seen it. It's literally that it's I heard it's awful or I heard it's like just like trying to profit off of the content or whatever. And I'm or like, it's like a Lord of the Rings fan. That's like, no, oh, I hope they don't fuck this up. So I'm not going to watch it. And then so I hear that they fucked it, it up. Yeah. And it's so annoying. Cause like Kevin is one of those people. Shout out to Kevin. He was on the podcast recently, but he claims to love Lord of the Rings, the movies, so much more than everyone. And, like, first of all, every person that loves Lord of the Rings says that. But he was like, oh, I hear it's not good. I'm so worried this is going to, like, suck. And, like, Kevin's, like, very picky about his stuff. But I just feel like you can't, you can't be 
a true fan of what Lord of the Rings is about and not enjoy Rings of Power. And if yeah. you have issues with I Rings of Power, agree. a lot of the time, those issues are are things that are like opposite of what you should be feeling from Lord of the Rings. And I decide what you should feel when you watch <laughs> things. Um, Nick, which of these shows about deciding for how one? you feel? We decided that the Rings of Power had an 86.5 while... Out of 105. Yeah. Out of 105. Out of 105. And Hot D served up a hot 69 as its score. Oh, fucking so sexy. Um, so, <laughs> 69. It's as sexy of, as the tapestries in the back of Viserys' uh, room. Yeah, dude. Where they are Eiffel Towering a girl in one of them. I hereby <laughs> proclaim that uh, uh, the Rings of Power won. Yeah, sorry, sorry, fucking haters. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I, I think that what's great about these There's shows is you really can feel you can like another one over another. But if we're talking about pure quality, it's not even competition. <laughs> um, are there other TV shows that you guys would recommend before we no, wrap up? No, I don't even like TV. You love it. Can I recommend one that I've been alluding to this whole time? Is it? What He's going to recommend it's Andor. Yeah, Andor is the the epitome of what these things are trying to accomplish a what what Layla talked about at the beginning a prequel that explores the universe instead of rehashes what we already know and just like gives us easter eggs fucking andor is like let me give a very detailed account of part of this universe that doesn't it it corresponds only slightly and by the way star wars as an idea is actually fucking tragic and it's very very intense and it's i know that george lucas wanted to sell toys and i know that he wanted to make it family oriented and like uh you know like how spielberg made his movies but in the end it's a very dark story and i love what andor does about that it's not i don't need to get amy sedaris uh, winking at the camera and doing stupid ass <laughs> shit like she does in Mandalorian. I don't need to have, though Grogu is a great character, I don't need to have this fucking toy that we're trying to sell. I want the nitty gritty. I want the rebellions are built on hope, but rebellions need to exist in a purely fucking nightmarish just, situation. Gabe, Gabe just wants the space brothels. I want the space ruffles. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, I think Andor is amazing, and my fear is that it's so serious and not being talked about enough right now that we're not going to get shows like that. But if Disney decided to make more things like Andor, the world would genuinely be a better place. And that is my pitch for Andor. It's the it's arguably the best thing that. If Star it makes Wars you feel made. better, I know a lot of people that have watched it, so it is very popular. It's amazing, um, and. I don't really have a good recommendation because I wouldn't call this like a good show. Um, but if we're talking about fantasy and we're also talking about shows that have been wrought with controversy over adaptation. The Witcher is a great fantasy show and yeah. you should watch I'm it so now before Liam they Hemsworth. fucking <laughs> switch out <laughs> Henry for fucking Liam. I think The Witcher is very good too. I think that it's unfortunate that the TV writers of The Witcher don't appreciate the books and have actually yeah. actively shit on the it's books. It's really sad. And it's pushing and out their star. But it yeah. is good. 
who's like just the biggest nerd and loves like has been the biggest advocate for this series and fought so hard for it to be made perfect perfect role for him literally born to be the witcher and they did this to him um but regardless of like canon and a lot of the stuff they've done that have been really frustrating it's really fun and it's a great fantasy series for those who just want to deep dive into something fun and fantasy I'm with you, dude. I totally agree. There's plenty of good TV out there. So if you guys want to follow us on Instagram, uh, you can reach out to us and we can give you recommendations. I'm always happy to give recommendations of movies or TV or music, I guess, Um, or just, you know, opinions on things. Uh, Just reach out to us. We all got suggestions for y'all. We're on Instagram. Look up Facing Off Pod. And you could also email us if that is the way that you communicate with other human beings or orcs or elves or uh, Targaryens. Uh, We are facingoffpodcast at gmail.com. Our next episode is going to be breaking down phase four of the MCU, which is wrought with not controversy, but... A lot of uh, uh, anger and uh, low expectations and weird moments, a very big ups and downs. So uh, it's going to sound more interesting than the way I'm talking about it, but that'll be our next episode. It'll follow Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever. So if you ain't going to see that this weekend, try to see that the weekend after so you could catch in uh, with us. We, we love y'all. Uh, Nick. How are you going to send us out? I hereby reaffirm <laughs> Prince Lucerius of House Valerian <laughs> to Driftmark. Okay. It's like saying Driftmark. 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 Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc brain fog insomnia moodiness weight gain Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.